Today I'm going to be sharing with you a message entitled Sonship. And if any of you know me or have heard me before, you'll know this is very much a culmination of my life up until this point. And uh, so I'm very passionate about this, and uh, as you can see, <laughs> and uh, I just really pray that God will really grip you today and that this message will get deep with inside you. I want to start just by briefly sharing a story with you of three different people. The first one was a young boy who grew up and he was the, the eldest and the day came when he had to go to school and he didn't understand it because he didn't understand the age gap at that time and why he had to go to school and his brother didn't. And it opened a door for rejection and it opened the door for the orphan spirit to come in. And he didn't understand this. And he was also older than his friends because he was born at the beginning of the year. And uh, there came a point where he had to redo do a year because of his age, because he moved across the country. And they started school at a different age there. And this just impacted and just piled on the rejection. Secondly, is an older brother who grew up feeling misunderstood. He was in a good home, a Christian home, but he felt misunderstood. And he felt at stages treated like the older brother who was squandering some part of his inheritance or squandering something that he wasn't meant to. And that his parents misunderstood him compared to his brothers. And then he moved overseas for a year, straight off to school. And he was molested by his male roommate, who was much older than himself. And this just piled on the misunderstanding and it piled on the rejection. And being a Christian, it affected his relationship with God and how he viewed intimacy. And the third is an adult man who was overlooked um, in terms of leadership, going through school, um, serving the Lord, being at Scripture Union, leading his best friend to the Lord after many years. And then this best friend being made the head of the Scripture Union. And again, he was overlooked. And then prefects were made and everybody told him, including the teachers, that he should have been made one and he wasn't. And uh, it was clear that he had a call on his life and, and he was involved in church, he was involved in youth and and his leader came to him and said, I recognize the call upon God, your life from God, and I'm going to do whatever I can to facilitate that. And that was the end of it, those words. And the opposite happened after that. And eventually, through God's love, he moved him on to somewhere else. And he was restored. The restoring uh, process started. And he, he had believed lies, and he thought he wouldn't be accepted there, and he assumed he wouldn't be wanted there. Um, in a full-time role, but yet he was, and he was wanted. And I don't know if you relate to any of these three stories, what makes you think of your story, but all th three of those stories are one and the same, and they're me. All three of those are me. And I grew up believing lies, and I knew Jesus, and I accepted Jesus, but there's a reason why when Jesus died, the veil was torn. 
Because as we heard in that song, it was God's way of running to you. And the goal was not for you just to get saved, come to the foot of the cross, lay your sin down there and stay with your sin. And you're constantly trying to measure up because you see your sin and then you're trying your spiritual works to get to God. But the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and you are there with him. You're sitting in heavenly places. And why is he at the right hand of the Father? Because he's close enough to embrace. And God is wanting to embrace you today. So I'm going to share three brief points with you. The first one is that sonship brings healing. If you have your Bibles, please will you raise them with me? And say, this is God's words to me. I believe them. I will live them. And that settles it. Amen. You can turn to Luke 15, verse 31 and 32. You'll know the story well. About two years ago, John preached on this as well. From the same scripture about sonship, it's about the prodigal son. And it says, his father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And I know what it is to be an orphan and I know what it is to be an older brother. And I believe that there are spiritual orphans sitting in this house where you've come to the Lord Jesus, you've been saved, but you're still frustrated. You don't understand why everything in your life is not changing. You don't understand why you still see things the same way. And that's because we come to Jesus, but the lies are still there. And at the time of the fall with Adam and Eve, Satan didn't just steal your salvation. He stole your sonship. He got you to question God. And if you're sitting in church and you're born again, and Satan cannot steal your salvation right now, he's sure going to try and steal your sonship. Because then it puts your salvation in jeopardy. And there's those of you who may be sitting here for 30 years, you've been in church. And you're frustrated because you see God doing things with people that have newly been born again, but not with you. And there's a there's a level of intimacy that you're not experiencing. And I want to challenge you in your heart to, to revisit what lies could you be believing? My parents are sitting right here. And I can stand here as a pastor, loved and accepted. I don't have to impress anybody. And I'm supported by my parents who I misunderstood, who didn't misunderstand me, who always loved me, but I saw it through... A, a veil of lies. And I've been accepted by John and Andrew, by the senior leadership of the church, and there was a point where I assumed they wouldn't. But that was God's plan for me all along. And where are you sitting right now? And there's a level of intimacy that you are missing. And I believe it's an element in the church that is missing. Where And please don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying the cross, I'm not downplaying what Jesus did, it's, it's vital, 
He is everything. He is the way to the Father. But often I feel we come to the cross and Jesus is no longer on the cross. And we focus on our sin and we keep putting him back there. Please help me. Please get me to the Father. But that sin is forgotten because you've already taken it. He's already forgotten it. And Jesus is no longer on the cross. Yes, we come via the cross. But Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the Father is wanting to embrace you. And may you be embraced by that love today. This brings me to my second point, which is that sonship brings freedom. Did I mention my first point? (laughs) I'm not remembering saying it. Sonship brings healing. Sonship brings freedom. And the scripture Um, You can turn there if you want to from Galatians 5 verse 1, where it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now that yoke of slavery can be my pastor position. Now that sounds a bit strange, but that can be your efforts in your own strength to try and get to God to try and make up for that intimacy. It can be your gifting, it can be your position, it can be your family, it can be your marriage. And then we look to people too much for love and acceptance and we transfer to God. Someone hurts us in church, we transfer to God. And God the Father keeps taking the rap for all the things that we experience. But the experiences that you have with people is not what what determines what is true about God. God determines what is true about God. And God is at the place where he is saying, I'm longing for my sons and daughters to not be moved by people, not be moved by feelings, not be moved by emotions, not be moved by circumstances, because you're so embraced in the love of God that you see everything from that place. You don't need to impress people. You don't need to say fancy things. You don't need to force something. You embrace the love of God. You see everything differently. You see your marriage differently. You see your work differently. Um, Like Peter mentioned, even time. You see time differently because now you see Father God at the head focusing on Jesus first. And you focus on redeeming time. And then we take time back. And then we create a problem for the enemy. And that is what God wants. And he wants us to be free. And he wants us to walk in that freedom. So when situations and things around you are changing, just so you know that for all the women here, you're included in this. Sons and daughters, sonship, daughtership, it's included. It refers to all of us. And that's what God the Father paid such a hefty price to purchase. And I feel this, this like holy anger in Father God. And he's saying, I want my sons and my daughters back. I'm sick and tired of seeing them being tossed to and fro like the wind by the world, by people, by circumstances, by feelings, because they are not secure in my love. And Father God is calling you back. So are you going to come back to him today? You can be in church and you can be an orphan. You can be in church and feel entitled and judge those who are newly born again. You should be closer experiencing God's love for 10 years more, for 30 years more, because you've so embraced it that that's what God has for you. 
And I've mentioned it before, I can't think of how much time in my 40 years of life that I've wasted because I did that. I tried to impress. I thought, oh, if I, even when I shortly started here as a pastor, if I can impress, there's a certain level of my sonship that wasn't secure. And if I could impress John and Andrew enough, then maybe it would be secure. And it's no disrespect to them, but you do things unto God. And if I do it unto God, it will bless them. Because that's where it must come for. The world needs to see sons and daughters that so know who they are that they don't even have to say anything. We don't have to impress people. We don't have to always um, seem like we're the best and have it all together. But there's something about us that they can't understand. That when things are fearful, people are looking at what's happening in the world. People are looking at the exchange rate. When people are looking at all sorts of things, say, no, no, that's not my determining factor. My father does. Like Jesus said, I don't do anything that my father has not shown me or told me. And what are you doing that father hasn't shown you or told you? How many works are we doing trying to get to God? Trying to say, God, I'm good enough for you to love me. In ourselves, we're not good enough, but God made you good enough through Jesus. And he sees you through Jesus. He doesn't see you through your sin. So it's time that you stop looking at your sin at the foot of the cross that God has forgotten about. And you press on into the intimacy that Father had for you all along. This brings me to my last point, which is that sonship brings purpose. And if you want to, you can turn to Romans 8 verse 14. Where it says, for as many are, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Excuse me, I'm just being filled by something else. What are you being filled by? Are you filled with the Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit? Or are you, or are you filled by other things? Are you filled by superficial things? We need to be filled by God and only God. Not our view of God, not our experience of God, not what other people have displayed to us. Because if people display God badly to you and you stand before him one day, you're not going to say, sorry God, I didn't press into you because, you know, those people, that's what they did. You're going to answer for it. And there comes a time when we need to make a choice. And the, the devil has been trapping people. He's completely fine with you coming to church as long as you don't embrace your sonship. Because then you will feel not good enough all the time. Then you will not step up. You will not step out. You will not make a difference for God. You will just come here week in, week out to feel a bit better. And then the week gets you down and you come back next week. Whereas Sunday is supposed to be a culmination of your whole week with God. Because you're so walking in his loving embrace that people see that. And he's inside of you wanting to jump out and love that person in front of you. But if you don't know who you are, then you're going to judge those in front of you by that standard. And say, um, I love you. But if you don't quickly say love you, I love you back, then, then I'm not okay. And that's not okay. God didn't design us for that. God didn't design us to be fickle and be filled with superficial things that can be said or done to us. One day it's here or the next day it's not. It doesn't mean that we don't go through tough times. The devil is wreaking havoc in the world. 
But it's time for the church to step up and the sons, as the sons and daughters that God designed us to be in the first place. That is why he sent Jesus, because he wanted to reestablish your sonship. God doesn't just want you to be saved and get to heaven one day and have 80 fruitless years where you just managed to get into heaven. And what did you do with the gospel message? Is Jesus enthroned in the temple that is you, that is filled with the Holy Spirit, but that is encompassed by the love of God? Who is enthroned in the temple of your heart? If it is Jesus, you need to press to the Father and embrace that love and let Him embrace you. I, I can't explain what the Lord has done in me over this last, last year. It's floored me. I can't even sit there and listen to the song without crying and thinking, I'm going to speak now. But people need transparency. People don't need to see a pastor up here who has it all together and always says the fancy things and they feel they can't attain to it or another Christian in your life where you feel you can't attain to it because you're just seeing this perfect appearance. But the Bible says that we all go through the same struggles. We're not perfect. We need to be transparent and be able to say, with 40 years of life, being a pastor here for nearly four years, I've only truly experienced this this last year. And where are you? Where are you in terms of the intimacy that the Father wants with you? Are you healed? Are you free? And are you filled with His purpose? Or are you still trying to attain to something? Some standard that you can't reach. I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that um, at the age of 18, 19, I was molested. It sounds almost Greek to me to even say it because it doesn't feel like it ever happened. And that's because of God's love. And things like that can happen in your life and it can either destroy you or God can wipe over it. But to have that happen, we need to embrace him because the devil will try anything that he can. And it's time for us to stop being sin-minded. Grace is not the freedom to sin and get away with it. Grace is the place that we can live in to say, I'm not going to hurt God. I'm embraced by the love of my father and I'm not going to hurt that. Like Joseph who ran, how can I sin against my God? And don't be sitting here week in, week out, year in, year out, and you have not embraced the Father. You're saved, but you're not experiencing Him in your life. And you're trying to get bits of it from other people. It's time for us to stop running to a pastor or a leader or some other speaker to get our love and acceptance or feel good about who we are and get encouraged in our giftings. God needs to be that for you. You need to go through Jesus and get to the Father. It needs to be God first. We heard it earlier. Not people first. Not experiences first. Not a goosebump feeling in church. All those things are wonderful, but they need to be a byproduct of your sonship. Your gifting is not the be-all and the end-all. Me being a pastor is not the be-all and the end-all. I don't care about that nearly as much as I care about being a son. My being a pastor here is just a tool so that I can love God's people. Because it's what he's called me to do. And what has he called you to do? That you're not truly walking in because you haven't embraced your sonship. 
And are you prepared to embrace your sonship today? Your daughtership, knowing who you are. Sonship in the, in the dictionary means the, the relationship between a son and a father. And that relationship was broken. And Jesus came to, to heal that and to create a way back for you, back to the father. But I dare to say that a lot of Christians are sitting in churches and they've not gone back to the father. Either because you feel you're not good enough and you're still believing those lies. We all know you get saved and you're still sitting with these crazy thoughts and, and, and the devil still comes and he brings the shame, the condemnation, the guilt. He brings the lies that you're not good enough, you can't measure up, you can't do what God has called you to do because now he knows that you've gotten saved. So if he can't steal that, he's gonna steal the next best, best thing and that's you knowing who you are and he's petrified of that. The devil cannot create, he cannot make more demons, he cannot make a bigger army. God can only create. And as sons and daughters all over the world are realizing who they are in God, they're getting that mandate. And I believe the enemy today is getting very nervous. That is what he's petrified of. And your marriage will change, your business will change if you embrace your sonship in God and nothing else moves you. I'm not gonna be swayed anymore by what people say to me or what they do or don't do. I'm gonna be swayed by God and that's gonna keep me immovable in the situation and that's what I'm gonna hold on to. We're calling in revival and I believe God is so gonna blow us away. I believe God is so sick and tired of waiting and seeing the devil wreak havoc with his sons and daughters in church and it's time for us not to be religious in the way that we get to God and doing our spiritual works but it's time that like Philip showed us that we get on our knees before God and we humble ourselves and we say it's you or nothing. It's God or nothing. And if you need to embrace your sonship, if you feel like an orphan, if you feel like that entitled older brother, if you feel like you've been in church for many years but you haven't experienced this and you haven't embraced your sonship, you feel not good enough, you feel you don't measure up, you have to try things to get to God when he got to you. He did what he did to come to you. You don't have to get to him. God sent the Lord Jesus to come and die for you. And the people that lived there didn't even recognize he was the very one they were waiting for. And we can do the same thing. We can be sitting in church and not recognize that the very God who we've been waiting for to overwhelm our lives with his love and his embrace has been here all along. But we're the ones who need to lay down the lies that we've believed and come to him. And if you need to respond to him, whether it's for the first time, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus, and you know you need to get back to God. And Lord, the Lord Jesus is the way to do that. He makes the way back to the Father. Or if you are born again, but you have not experienced the loving embrace of your Father, and in, encompassing your sonship, and embracing that, and being who God says you are, not what people say, what God says, and being determined by that, I wanna pray for you, and please will you stand. Forget about those who are around you, it's not about that, it's not about people seeing you, it's not about them approving, or giving the acceptance, or being impressed, it's about you. And if you need to embrace that sonship today, and reject being an orphan, reject not being good enough, and say, today, I'm laying down those lies, once and for all, Please will you stand with me.
Daddy, Abba, Father, I just pray for everybody here this morning. Thank you that they are your sons and daughters. If they are accepting you, Jesus, for the first time, I pray and ask that you would come and enter their lives. Lord Jesus, we submit to you. We say we need you in our lives. We need to get back to the Father. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the only way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the only way back to the Father. And we embrace you, Lord Jesus. We lay down our own spiritual works. We lay down our own efforts, and we humble ourselves before you, Lord Jesus. And dear Heavenly Father, we choose to walk through that torn veil and come back to you. We leave our sin at the foot of the cross, and we say we repent of doing that. We repent of believing lies, and we repent of the sin in our lives. But we look forward. We press on towards you, Lord Jesus. And dear Heavenly Father, I pray and ask that you would embrace us. Embrace everybody here today. May they be gripped by who they are in you. Father, and I pray and ask that you would seal their sonship, that you will seal their daughtership. They are who you say they are, not what people say or do to them. I pray and ask that you would establish their sonship right now today. Father, that it would never be shaken again. That adding to their salvation, you are birthing that sonship in them that they've never experienced. And I pray and ask that every single person under the sound of my voice would experience the love of Father God more than ever before and that they would be embraced by Him and that they would live from a place of Father God's love, not from a place of human effort and trying to impress and trying to say the right thing and trying to get the right feeling or response. But they will be moved by God. I pray and ask, Father, that your healing right now comes through sonship. That your freedom comes right now through sonship. That your purpose comes right now through sonship. And that sons and daughters of God will leave here never to be the same again. That they will walk boldly in who they are in you and not be moved from the place of your love, Father God, ever again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday and have a wonderful week. Amen.